Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Denial makes you a target for terror. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, today I'm going to be telling you about the cautionary tale of Lauren Gagan and Jay Austin, two 29-year-old, uh, a, couple, a couple in love. <laughs> and um, they learned that uh, the world isn't quite as simple as they had hoped. And um, they are, I'm going to be reading you some of their entries from their blog, Simply Cycling. But why am I telling you this story? You know, this is yet another example of a story that should be, should have made headlines for a lot longer, but got buried in the news pretty soon after the tragedy happened. Now, I say denial makes you a target for terror. We'd all love to pretend that the world is as safe as it was before 9-11. But unfortunately, we have to be realistic. And yes, we can be nostalgic for those days, uh, as we all are, really, the days before 9-11. But we also have to keep our wits about us and recognize, as much as we don't want it to have been changed, that it is. So Lauren and Jay, were they idealists? Were they naive? Were they in denial? Were they a combination of all three? One thing I can tell you for sure is that they are dead. They're victims of a terror attack in Tajikistan. Tajikistan, in case you don't know right off the bat where that is, it's near Afghanistan. And we all know how dangerous and what a hotbed of terrorism that is. Now, on July 29th, the tragedy is that five terrorists in Tajikistan rammed a car into a group of seven Western cyclists and then attacked them with knives and firearms. Four of the cyclists were killed, two from the United States, one from Switzerland, and one from the Netherlands. And the two from the United States were Lauren and Jay. Now, the Islamic State uh, claimed responsibility for the attack, although the Tajik authorities are pointing the finger at a banned political party called the Islamic Renaissance Party. But whoever actually is responsible, the attack was the first terrorist assault against Western tourists in Tajikistan. And um, the attackers... Uh, there's a picture of them sitting um, with an ISIS flag soon after the attack. Now, who were Lauren and Jay? Um, Lauren and Jay were a millennial couple who wanted to prove that humans are kind and that evil is a make-believe concept we've invented to deal with the complexities of fellow humans. That's what they said, that's what they wrote. Evil is a make-believe concept we've invented to deal with the complexities of fellow humans. Well, unfortunately, they became victims of this evil. 
they um, decided to take a cycling trip around the world. They left their uh, office jobs in Washington, D.C. about a year ago to embark on this world uh, cycling journey, adventure. And Austin is a vegan who worked for the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And uh, Austin, um, let me call them by their first names, Jay Austin. Jay um, and Lauren was a, um, a vegetarian who worked in the Georgetown University admissions office. They decided that they were wasting their lives working. So they describe this, <laughs> their um, reasons for why they decided to embark on this trip by saying, in the summer of 2016, we flew to Iceland with our bicycles and enjoyed a delightful month riding around the country. We cycled over a thousand kilometers and camped for 26 nights straight. And by the end of our time there, agreed that we wanted more of it, more peaceful pedaling through gorgeous landscapes, more sleeping in open fields under clear skies, more quiet sunsets and more friendly people and more adventure, and importantly, more time together too living life on simpler, more meaningful terms. So we decided to quit our jobs and bike around the world. Now, who hasn't thought about <laughs> quitting uh, one's job, you know, like Walter Mitty, and biking, or I would think of uh, uh, horseback riding around the world. Um, and they, um, so they began their journey and um, they, he, he wrote, um, I've grown tired of meetings, of teleconferences, of timesheets and password changes and Monday morning elevator commiseration. I've grown tired of spending the best hours of my day in front of a glowing rectangle, of coloring the best years of my life in swathes of gray and beige. I've missed too many sunsets while my back was turned, too many thunderstorms went unwatched, too many gentle breezes unnoticed. There's magic out there in this great, big, beautiful world, and I've long since scooped up the last of the scraps to be found in my cubicle. I know there's another way to live. I've dabbled in it, but now it's time to commit, to go all in. I'm thankful for this privilege, the privilege to commit, the privilege to walk away from a well-paying life of comfort, to charge headlong into indulgence, rough, but ultimately temporary. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't know how temporary it was going to be. Um, you know, we can all pretty much relate to that. Um, and, you know, you, you have to give them um, kudos for having the courage to live their dreams but they should have done a little more research into the countries that they were traveling through. They traveled through a fair amount of the world, actually, during this first year of their travels before they reached Tajikistan. Um, and uh, clearly having a wonderful time, and they, they recorded it all in their blog and on Instagram and so on, and clearly, you know, yes, there were certain inconveniences and it wasn't always comfortable, but um, they were having a grand adventure. 
And um, they, they were far, they, in a sense, they were out to prove that the world isn't the way that it is, isn't as dangerous it is, as it is, isn't as evil as it is. Again, I'm not saying that the whole world is evil, but, um, you know, clearly they didn't do enough homework to realize that maybe Tajikistan, so close to the border of, of Afghanistan, was a dangerous country to go through. Um, they, let me tell you some more about, about who they are, and, and particularly um, uh, from their, what they say about themselves in their blog. Lauren, um, she apparently wasn't, hadn't been doing much cycling. Uh, she just started several years ago, just a few years ago. Um, she, just in 2013 was when she actually started bicycling. And um, uh, she started, she was biking to and from work in, Washington, in where they lived, Washington, D.C. And she fell in love with the efficiency, accessibility, wellness, open air, vulnerability, community, intimacy, and joy of bicycle riding. I mean, you got to love that, you know? Um, and then Jay wrote about himself that um, he never really got to travel much as a kid. So when he was 23, he took off on his trusty scooter and he roamed uh, in North America. Then he went on the trains of Europe. Winters, um, uh, winters on the buses of India. Um, holidays in the deserts of Nam Namibia and South Africa. Nambia, actually, and South Africa. Um, then he brought his bicycle along on these trips. And he went to Morocco. And he fell in love with the 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 pace and routine of simply cycling so uh, that's when he decided um to leave his job and he he actually was uh, was featured um in the washington post because of having built himself a uh, tiny house and he lived in a tiny house because he wanted to save his money so that he could travel so um he wrote this new lifestyle entails lots more bumpy roads, strong headwinds, and tough challenges than the old one, but also the freedom and the privilege to see some amazing places, meet some wonderful people, and spend lots and lots of time with a really lovely girl. So clearly they were in love, they were seeing the world, and they had a wonderful year before they met their tragic end. Two 29-year-olds in love, going on the trip of a lifetime. Unfortunately, it was <laughs> the trip of a lifetime because they were tragically killed after this year in Tajikistan. Now, the question uh, that you can be asking yourself as I'm telling you their story is, were they idealists? Were they naive? Were they in denial? Were they a combination of all three of these things? And unfortunately, what we do know for sure <laughs> is that they are dead, victims of a terrorist attack in Tajikistan. Now, um, let me tell you what, some, before I go back to their, uh, their blog and their story and so on, let me tell you about what some experts say about uh, Tajikistan. 
um, you know, and again, depending upon, <laughs> depending upon who you are and what your political outlook is and all of that, you may have different, uh, a different take on this whole story, actually, uh, but including the whether how dangerous Tajikistan is. Now, um, in Tajikistan, they particularly um, wanted to travel, and they were traveling when they were killed by terrorists, um, the Pamir Highway, which is known for traversing a stunning mountain range called the Roof of the World. And it's, it's beautiful. There are, um, the pictures of it are just amazing. And you can, you can just ama imagine how glorious it felt to be bicycling on this path. Um, now, on July 29th, the day that they were killed, the U.S. travel advisory for Tajikistan was at level one, the lowest, which means that Americans traveling in the country should, quote, exercise normal precautions. Now, in a way, <laughs> you can't totally blame Lauren and Jay because if they presumably, maybe they did look it up and they saw, uh, they read this travel advisory being at the lowest level. But, you know, <laughs> that just tells you that if you're, before you set off for someplace, that you should consult a number of different uh, websites to get different opinions as to whether the place you're going to is safe. And, you know, this was, as I said earlier, this was the first terror attack on Americans um, that there has been. So, that, I mean, that's part of it. And so now we know a little better. And it's really sad that Lauren and Jay had to be those Americans who are now uh, able to warn us, um, warn the rest of us that maybe we should be a little more careful. Now, um, right after their attack, right after they were killed, um, the U.S. travel advisory was raised to a level two saying exercise increased caution. I mean, one could, um, one could argue that maybe that wasn't even high enough. Um, some, some experts have said that Tajikistan is a dysfunctional state because it has a repressive central government, uh, a lot of corrupt border officials, a poor citizenry, you know, financially poor citizenry who rely on money sent back to them by relatives working other places, usually in Russia, or earned through illicit activities. And there is a large uh, terrorist presence just over the border in northern Afghanistan. Well, duh. And of course, in, North in Afghanistan, the U.S. State Department travel advisory is level four. Do not travel. So, I mean, really, you know, if you're going to one country, you might want to look at the bordering countries to see what their travel advisory is. Um, so this, this, um, you know, some of the experts are saying that they shouldn't, shouldn't have been, that they, you know, that it wasn't, um, that it wasn't dangerous enough to, uh, to have avoided the country, whereas other people, of course, are saying that it that it was that they should have avoided. They should have known to avoid to avoid it. Uh, some intelligence firms ranked Tajikistan as medium for a terrorist threat, and then some people, of course, you know, it's kind of ironic. You can point to 
the uh, equivalent of this, which is the attack that happened on Halloween in, uh, near Ground Zero in Manhattan, where a terrorist in a rented truck mowed down nearly two dozen bicyclists and pedestrians near a bike path. So it's like the Tajikistan version of the Halloween attack that occurred near Ground Zero. I mean, it doesn't mean that you should not ride a bicycle, certainly. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, shouldn't travel, um, but you should do your homework. And one of the things um, that is advised to do is to cross-reference travel advisories, as I was starting to say. Don't just look at the American travel advisory, but also look at places like Britain, Australia, Canada. There's another resource called the Overseas Security Advisory Council. There's the Global Terrorism Database. And, um, you know, so you can, you can check it out in a bunch of places. Um, also, experts on travel in these areas say that you should, um, in Central Asia, you should dress appropriately for the cultural sensitivities. You should learn a few words in the local language, carry photos of home and family members to share with your hosts, maintain respect for the environment, make eye contact, smile, and don't raise your voice. Now, Certainly, it seems like Lauren and Jay would have been sensitive to the, to the culture there. But as, I, as you will soon hear, there, was an interesting, there were interesting um, uh, contacts, interesting encounters that Lauren and Jay had that are documented in their last blog post when they were um, going to Tajikistan that indicate that maybe all was not well even before these terrorists attacked them on the road. Now, um, let me, let, oh, there's, you know, there's so much wonderful stuff that they, and there's such wonderful writers. Um, you know, I, somebody should probably put their, I mean, probably, probably somebody is already doing this, but um, their blog, I mean, it, the, the writing on their blog, the, um, which again is called Simply Cycling, um, their writing is so descriptive and so interesting. This would make, and probably will, you probably will be seeing it as a book um, uh, describing their adventures, you know, of their year, uh, quitting their jobs, you know, do, living the dream, right? Quitting their jobs and going on this adventure of a lifetime. Now, I want to make sure that I have the, enough time to read to you from their blog, um, particularly their last day, because, uh, or well, their last blog entry, because that is just, um, is just, riveting, chilling, when now that we know what actually happened to them at the end, um, it is a very, it is a very um, chilling, I guess is the best word, uh, last blog post to read. Now, uh, they, this, uh, I'm just reading you the end of the, of this last blog post, which is actually dated uh, July 11th, 2018. And as you'll remember, they died 
they were killed, murdered by terrorists on July 29th. So this is just um, 18 days. I mean, I mean, eight days um, before they were killed. Uh, okay, so, and now, now, so I'm reading from their blog, Simply Cycling. And now it is June, 11 months on the road, and the faulty thermarest has suddenly given out. A sleeping bat pad isn't always a necessity. In hot weather and warm weather and cool weather, a sleeping pad is mostly for comfort. Task to cushion the body from rocks and bumps and irregularities. But in cold weather, it's all about insulation. Task to raise the body as far as possible from the frozen ground below. In cold weather, a sleeping pad is really, really important. We're at 2,200 meters and it's nearly freezing. In a few weeks, we'll be in the Pamir camping above 4,000 meters and it will be far colder. Tackling the Pamir without a working sleeping pad wouldn't just be uncomfortable, but reckless. We break out the headlamps and fabric tape and get to work on the pad. Well, <laughs> when we come back, we will hear more about their last, from their last blog, about their last, their last days um, before their tragic murder in a terrorist attack in Tajikistan. And I want to correct something that I said in the uh, last segment, which was um, the, I was reading from their last blog post uh, which was July 11th, 2018. They were murdered on July 29th. So that's 18 days before, 18 days later, I should say, that they were murdered. All right, so let me continue with their post. So, and it's always one of the things that's interesting is, you know, um, you think about how if something had changed, if one thing had changed, if they had, uh, you know, as I'm reading this, like if they spent a little longer in one place, uh, than they had, or just something had changed. They wouldn't have been on the road at that time when these five terrorists came and attacked them. I mean, they might have been attacked, you know, <laughs> earlier or later on the road, but still, it's just kind of eerie how fate um, plans and in, gets into all of these things. So I was talking about how they were anticipating that they needed uh, this sleeping pad that was uh, they were having trouble with. Um, they were trying to, you know, they were trying to, uh, um, it was deflated and they were trying to fix it. Anyhow, I'm going to skip to another, I'm going to skip to a little further down. We don't sleep much. We planned on continuing onward this morning, but we really need to get this pad fixed before summiting our next pass. We use the last of our duct tape, get a new roll from the kind owners of Seuss Lodge, and wrap the entire thing around the midsection of Lauren's thermarest. Layers and layers of the shiny silver stuff. Surely this will do. We blow up the pad and Lauren lies atop it and it's flat within 10 minutes. We turn to the internet. Call the warranty department is the consensus. Or hey, you'd better get a new pad. Easier said than done, we're in Central Asia we are on the Silk Road. This was once a place you could find almost anything. All the world's luxuries, but times have changed. Shipping routes and mega freighters and a Eurocentric trade. The Silk Road is not what it once was. Quality camping gear is in short supply. 
We call our favorite outfitters back home, REI, Big Agnes, anyone awake, and inquire about international delivery rates and times. Kerja what? A woman on the other end of the phone asks, can you spell that for me? Expect a month, they all say, but we have no control over what gets stuck in customs and for how long. What about Tajikistan, we ask. Would delivery there be any quicker? A pause. Tajika who? So, you know, I perhaps they weren't planning on going to Tajikistan, but they thought it might be a better place to get their mattress. It's shaping up to be a cold night. We sit inside until it grows dark and fill our thermoses with warm water. We head for the tent. The kind owner of the lodge stops us as we're leaving. It's so cold, she says. We shrug. We'll have to make do. Listen, she whispers. If you want, you can sleep here on the couches. Just be up by seven so the other guests don't see and complain, okay? Warm water, warm couch, warmed hearts. Our tent sits empty and we sleep well, in other words, there wasn't any room at the inn or it was too expensive, so they were originally going to sleep in their tent, but the nice uh, man owner of the lodge lets, lets them sleep inside. So um, I'm going to skip down a little bit. Uh, we ride, we pedal through some really gorgeous scenery, glaciers, streams, mountains, of course, mountains in every direction. We share, now here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> we share the road with cars and trucks, but also tractors and horses and sheep. Whole herds of them kicking up a ruckus and fleeing for the ditch at the side of us on our puny bicycles. Sheepdogs growl as we roll by. We climb gradually. The sky grays and it begins to rain. We pass a man standing outside his vehicle and we smile. Photo, he shouts. We get plenty of, requ <laughs> plenty of requests for photographs, traveling as we do. Usually we go along with it, objectifying as it can often be, but some days we just have to say no. Today is one of those days. We got a late start and we're headed up a big pass and it's really important we make it to the other side before dark. We're down one sleeping pad and it's going to be cold regardless. And besides, it's raining right now and we don't want to stop. We wave, we point to the sky and shrug. Uh, then he says a word. The, the Tajikistan man sends a, says a word in Tajikistan. He begs, um, uh, please, uh, I can't pronounce it. Anyway, please. He's welcome to take a photograph of us riding by, but he seems to want a photograph with us. We apologize, smile, and keep riding. 500 meters later, a sedan passes. It stops up ahead and the man gets out. Before we're even in earshot, he's miming shutter presses and mouthing the same word, essentially, please. We pass a little more peeve than the last time. Fewer smiles. I shake my head back and forth. He reaches for the back of my bicycle and I bark a firm yet. In his direction, we ride on. We don't make it very far. A gold sedan skirts by us once more. It parks up ahead. This time, two men exit the vehicle. They stand in the middle of the road, blocking our path. Please, in Tajikistan or Russian, the first man says, and I can't tell if it's an earnest plea or a cruel sneer. In Russian, a lot of things can sound like a cruel sneer. Yet, we shout, leave us alone. Lauren's in front, and she threads her way in between the two men. 
She keeps going. I make to follow. I gnash on my pedals, lean to the left, and get in between them. And then the man on the right pushes me off my bike. Duh, duh, duh. And that's the last. That's the last. That's the last um, entry on the blog. So, you know... <laughs> I mean, now I am not saying that the, um, obviously those men, well, obviously that this instance isn't the, um, the five men who, who, um, the five terrorists who ended up murdering them, uh, because as I said, this was written on, you know, they were able to write the blog, so they weren't killed. They were able to, to tell the story. So when the man, um, pushed him off his bike, uh, you know, that wasn't it. That wasn't the day of the, uh, murder, but it certainly does foreshadow what came a little while later. And, you know, one has to wonder, or at least I, it makes me wonder, um, yes, they were probably many miles away from where they were eventually killed, but it makes me wonder whether somehow, you know, it had something to do with this. I mean, I, I, that seems pretty far-fetched, but could there have been a, well, could these men <laughs> have been connected to the terrorists who ultimately murdered them? Um, could it just represent, uh, you know, an anger towards Westerners? Um, could there, could there be any particular connection between this increasing danger that they write about in their last blog post and their ultimate demise? I mean, you know, I doubt we're going to really ever know the answer to that. But what can we take from this? Um, you know, what does it say? Don't ever live your dream. It would be really sad if we took that away from it. But I guess, um, I guess what we do need to acknowledge is how, um, how living one's dream in this time of terror is a little more difficult and how it means that we have to take a little more precautions and do a little more research and be a little more careful and not piss people off in foreign countries that are near Afghanistan where there are lots of dangerous terrorists. Well, you know, so were they idealists? Were they naive? Were they in denial? I, I guess my answer would be a, perhaps a, little, a combination of all three. Uh, would they change it if they knew that this was going to be their end? Would they not have gone on this year-long adventure on their bicycles and, and left their blog behind that sort of uh, is an inspiration for other people to travel the world? I think it's an inspiration because of what happened for other people to travel the world more carefully, but it's an inspiration nonetheless. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.
If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.